fresh word with Reverend Today Amosu. Have you ever wondered about the faithfulness of God? No, relax, this is what I mean. Have you ever wondered why God will do other things in your life and this particular area has been left out and has not yet done it? Or is there some prayer requests you have that you have not gotten any answer to them and you wonder why God has not answered, though he has been answering other parts and touching your life? Do you do you do you get surprised at that? I mean, if you ask almost all Christians, they will tell you this kind of same story. And why that is happening? Let's read the book of Judges. <clears throat> Excuse me, chapter three, verse one. Listen to this. Now these are the nations which the Lord left that He might test Israel by them. That is. All who had not known any of the wars in Canaan. Did you hear that? Verse 2 says, This was only so that the generations of the children of Israel might be taught to know war, at least those who had not formerly known it. Namely, verse 3, five laws of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidonians, and the Hivites who dwelt in the Mount Lebanon. Verse 4, And they were left that God, he might test Israel by them to know whether they will obey the command of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. This is highly meaningful for us today. You know, Bible said that the house of Israel, they were like a, a type and the example to us. You know, God in the book of Joshua asked Joshua to take over the land of Canaan. And God said, no, I'm going to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And Joshua began to conquer the land. He did that for about 30 years. But then we got to the book of Judges. And then we now hear that some part of the nations were left behind. And God didn't let, you know, Joshua and all his team overcome them. So that they will be a point of training for people of Israel who had never been to war. So, we can say in essence, God didn't let Joshua conquer everything in the land. He didn't let him have all the victory over the whole land. He left some nations behind. And what's that? Look at verse 2. Judges 3, verse 2. This was only so that the generations of the Israel, of the of Israel might be taught to know war, at least those who had not formerly known it. So, it should not be that they will just walk through and don't do anything. And why is that? Because <laughs> life is war. You have to learn war. God wanted Israel to learn war. So he didn't let the present generation overcome all their travels and all their struggles so that they just become really useless. So God allowed the rulers not to overcome everything in the land of Israel, so that those who are coming behind will have a fight in their hands. Now let's take it to our Christian life today. You know, if you look at your Christian life, when you just came to Christ, people will pray for you, things will happen for you, life will be changed. I mean, some of you, you can give me a lot of dramatic testimonies in your life of what God has done, and what God has fulfilled in your life, and what God has, you know, give you testimonies. But if you look closely, some parts in your life are just not 
dealt with by prayer of the elders, by people, by ministers. You've gone to different conferences, different uh, 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 conventions, different special programs, and it just seemed that that part was not just taken care of. It's as if God just silent there. It's as if God just leaving you alone there, and 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 and, and is not faithful in quotes in that area. But my friend, God is faithful through and through. So what is happening? We can learn from this story. One of the reasons why, if you look at Judges chapter 3, <clears throat> verse 4, it says, and they were left that he might test Israel by them to know whether they will obey the command of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers by the hand of the Lord Moses. What was the command? Get up and fight. Go take the land. That was the commandment. That was the plan. And they must not relent on that. So God is telling them, look here, you have to rise up. You have to take more territories and I've given you more territory. And you're going to have to do it. If you don't do it, you will not see testimony. You will not see miracles in those areas. If you look at the Old Testament, there were times of wars and conquests and, and fight. That is important. Now somebody said, oh, we are not engaged in physical fights today, so why should I really worry about that? Let's go to Matthew 11. You give us some more light in this area. Listen to Jesus talking here in Matthew 11 verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, anybody who read this verse will know that you are not fighting with God. We can fight against God. So this is not fighting against God. This is fighting with God on your side. He's saying heaven suffers violence. Heaven allows violence. Now the violence there means to take something by force. And the violence take it by force. So some things you won't just take by request. Some things won't happen to you just because somebody pray for you some part of your life you have to get up and fight and take it by force if you don't get up and take it by force it won't happen for you and it is a place where you have to learn war because war involves force war involves violence and without violence and force that blessing that victory that glory will not happen to you in your life and that's what Jesus said. He said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Not physical violence, but the violence of the spiritual force that determines to take what belongs to him in that way. Let's look at Luke 16. It will give us some greater light in this area and help us to see it better. Now, listen to this. In Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophet were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. Can, can you see the analogy there? It's not about the kingdom coming to give it to you. He said the kingdom has been announced. The good news has been announced. It's available. So you press in. You get up. Take it. I mean, if somebody prepare a meal for you, put it on the table, you're going to have to get up, move to the table and eat. That is what is we're talking about here. You have to get up and eat. You have to get up and take your portion. No wonder David said, you know, he was a mighty warrior. You prepare 
a thing before me in the presence of my enemies. So you got a table, but it's in your enemy's presence. And you have to get up and eat it and fight for what is on the table that belongs to you. The enemy wants to convince you that it doesn't belong to you. You don't have it. It's not your own. And that's as if God is just saying, okay, you take it yourself. Let's see what you can do. Hmm, that's interesting. Don't play the game of Job here now. You know, Job, when all the attacks are coming, he just lie down and worship and say, bless the Lord. The Lord give, the Lord takes. But when the attack came to even just ordinary uh, family member of Abraham, that's Lot. Abraham got up in chapter 14 of Genesis and went to fight. You must learn to fight. You must learn to get up. You just, now you may say, okay, okay, how do I do this fight? Do you have me just, just start, you know, I mean, this is an invisible war. You know, let, let, let's, let's get that very clear. It's an invisible war you have to fight. And let's understand that from the epistles of Paul to this to the Corinthians chapter second one. Let's look at chapter ten, verse three. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. Now listen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Okay, so you can see there that that's the warfare. our warfare. You can transfer this to God. Somebody else won't do this for you. You're going to have to do this warfare. And this fight belongs to you. You have to get up and do this fight. Then he says something. He said, our warfare, they are not physical, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. So we, whatever is trying to hold you strongly, stronghold, you're going to have to pull it down. Okay, let's talk about that. He said, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exhorts itself against the knowledge of God. See that word. Casting down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That means something that's telling that the word of God is not true. That's lifting up itself against, oh no, that, that, that cannot be true. That particular sickness, God cannot heal it. That particular blessing cannot come to you. That thing, you know, it's just making nonsense of the promise of God. You have to challenge it and tell it you're not, you're not right. You're a liar. You don't belong here. You have to let, get up and fight. This is important for you as a Christian. Remember we read Logis 3 that some reasons were left behind to train the Israelites how to war and how to fight. Okay, let's talk about how to do this. Let's go to First uh, chapter 5 and uh, we're going to see what to do in this kind of war and how do you go about it. Glory to God. Let's read First Peter 5. Now look at verse 6. Says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exhort you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Oh, that's wonderful. You need to humble yourself. You need to submit to God, and God will bless you. And you need to cast all your cares upon the Lord. You know, that's one side of the coin. You humble yourself, and you say, okay, I've been humbling myself. God has been touching me. God has been blessing me. But this particular thing, what's going on here? Next verse gives us the second phase, the second side of the coin. Look at verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Wow. Now you humble yourself to God, you cast all your cast on him. But he said, be sober, be vigilant, be awake, be alert. Why? Because your adversary, you have 
And at the verse, you have an enemy who walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he's looking for someone to devour, somebody to swallow up, somebody to destroy, somebody to affect for evil, somebody to kill, somebody to steal from. And what does he steal? Not physical goods, promises of God, the blessings of God, the goodness of God. He want to take it away from you. You want to devour. You want to bring down. You want to destroy. But what the Bible say? Bible say? Bible doesn't say just humble yourself before God, and that's it. Look at verse nine. Say, resist him steadfast in the faith. It says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Or like I'm like this, get up and do this fight. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Oh, beautiful. So, how do we do this war? How do we do this fight? How do we take it by force? We have to resist the devil. Did you hear that? So, I really think it just means to rebuke. No, rebuke is not the same thing as resist. Rebuke is just to speak and say, get away. But resist is to put up your faith against him. Resist is an element of defense. You have to put up your defense against him. Let, let's read it. You know, the people may think, oh, are you just building something on one scripture? Let's see what James said about this area in James chapter 4, verse 7. Listen to the two sides of the coin. It says, therefore, submit to God. Fine. Then the next part, he said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Wow. He said, when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. First of all, submit to God. Do that to God. Walk with God. Humble yourself before the Lord. Submit yourself to God. But then say, resist, stand against, reject and refuse the devil and he will flee from you. He will run away from you like in terror. But if you don't resist, you will not flee. So Peter is telling us over here that we should do something. He said, resist him steadfast in the faith. How do you resist somebody? You block their way and you speak that I'm not giving you any place here. I refuse to take you. I refuse to have you over here. I refuse to let you have your way. You know, the enemy goes about like roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He said, resist him steadfast where? In the faith. Now, you can't do this without faith. This is why your faith is important here. Your confidence in God. Let's take a look at that in chapter 5, the book of, no, chapter 6, the book of Ephesians, verse 16. Listen to this. It says, above all, did you hear that? Above all, talking about the armor of God, different part of the armor. We have the bracelet of righteousness, we have the seed of, we have, we have the uh, element of salvation, we have the uh, shoe, of the gospel of peace. Then it said, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery dart of the wicked one. Wow. He said, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery dart of the wicked one. So it takes faith to resist and put the devil on the run. He said, when you take up your faith, above all your weapons, take up your faith, and that faith, what will you do? It will quench. It's, it, it has ability. It's like, which will be, which will be able to quench. So the ability to quench all the fiery dart of the wicked one is not in your piousness, in your godliness. It's in your faith. It's in your, and Bible says in 4 John 5, our faith is our victory in verse 4. 
So whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So the overcoming faith belongs to you as a child of God. And you can speak and you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. Praise God. <clears throat> so that we need to get very clear in our spirit. He said, resist him steadfast. Stand against him. Don't give him room. You know, if you look at Jesus when he was here ministering on the earth in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he will require people to bring faith to the table. You see, if you believe, all things are possible. If you exercise faith, all things are possible. Because faith quenches the works of the devil. That woman of the issue of blood, she had this issue of blood for 12 years. She picked up her faith and she stopped. Your faith has made you whole. That was the paralyzed man that his friend brought in. They couldn't get in by the door. Their faith took him to the roof of the house and pulled on the roof and then they dropped him before Jesus said, Jesus saw their faith and the man got healed. This is very important here. Now, I want you to see that you need to remember and don't ever forget that you have to resist the devil to get up and fight. Get up and fight. See, tell yourself, I will get up and fight. Okay, when you do that, what will happen? God said, resist him, fight in the face. Now, let's go back to First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and verse 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking women may devour. Resist him, steadfast, consistently in the faith, not up and down, not you, you. You're going to have to maintain your consistency. You remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you have to listen to the word of God over and over to know what belongs to you, to know what God has given you, and to stand by what he has given you. And this is not a fight against God. This is a fight with God against the devil. Look at verse 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So you're not the only one going through this affliction and this trouble. There are some other Christians around the world that the devil is putting pressure upon to you. He's going all over the place, like a roaring lion seeking who may devour. So you're not the only one. When you go to war, the enemy does not only attack you, it attacks an army. We are the army of God's people. And the enemy wants to just eliminate us. And because he's attacking us, the Bible says that, you don't forget that when the enemy comes, he's resisting because you are in this army. You are in this occupying army. You know, if an army is fighting and some soldiers are backing off, you know, you're going to affect the whole battle. So he's saying, look, knowing that the same thing is happening to other Christians, you get up and fight because our fight. Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail. Christ is building the church. We are that army, the church. And he said, the gate of hell shall not prevail. So on my side over here, hell shall not prevail. On your side, hell shall not prevail because you are an overcomer indeed in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at the promise that God said, if you get up and fight, because I'm going to work with you. Let's look at what God said. Let's go back to chapter Five first Peter. After saying resistance in the faith in verse nine, verse ten says, Then the God of all grace, but may the God of all grace, listen, who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and set to you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Oh, this is what God's gonna do. As the commander-in-chief, when you begin to put up your resistance against the enemy, the God of all grace, after you have suffered a while, so you have to put up a fight, you have to struggle. I mean, when you go to war, it's not neat, it's not, it's not, it's not decent, it's not easy, it's hard, it's difficult, it's tough. But he said, when you suffer for a while, that suffering is to your resistance, you know, when you go to war sometimes, to just not surrender <clears throat> is tougher, is more suffering than surrendering. 
I mean, if you just offer that, just take you, they won't touch you anymore. We'll take you back and then put you in prison. But when you start fighting, the way the war will keep on raging. The war will keep on raging. And when the war keep on raging, you should not give up. You should keep on going after the answer. Now listen, it says, And the God of all grace who has called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, he will perfect you. That means he will equip you. He will give you what you are looking for. He will establish you, make you stronger. He will strengthen you. He will make you to be of mighty force. You see, so when you go through this resistance, you get strengthened. That's why we get our strength. You get strengthened by the Lord. And then he will say to you in that area and keep the enemy off that territory in your life. <clears throat> That's important for us to see that God has promised that if you're going to resist the devil, if you're going to get up, it takes you a little to suffer in this war, and then he will perfect, he will put into your life what you need to equip you. Second, he will establish you, give you a firm footing in the faith, and then he will strengthen you, and he will empower you to go through this quite well, and then he will say to you, that means like Israel, you know, when they finished the fight, <clears throat> they settled down in their territory, and they were blessed. You can see them giving the land all over Canaan, and those ones who did the fight, to the land. Those who didn't do the fight didn't have any place to take to, to take over. So you have to get up and fight and take your inheritance in Christ Jesus. Verse 11 said, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. The father is a warrior and is making a warrior out of you. So those parts of your life have not been handled yet. It's a place of war and warfare. And let's go. Take it. As the violent, <clears throat> take it by force. You can do it. God is your strength. God is with you. David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Then he said next in that same uh, 27 Psalm, he says, When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. But an army may encamp against me, my hearts are not fair. The war may rise against me in this. I will be confident. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening.